Man, I'm tired of this shit. Dude, I was listening to that. Leave it alone. This is absolute trash. I don't care. Driver picks the station. Shotgun shuts his cake hole. Passenger gets first dibs on everything. I have my finger on the button. You know what? You want to fight about it? Yeah. Okay, Fuck fight. you. Hey, Fuck get, you. Leave it alone. No. Mine's mine. Turn your trash on. Now look what you did. That depends. Are you ready? I'm always ready. I've, I've done this before, unlike somebody I know. Well, good for you. Uh-huh. So, welcome to the Dissonant Harmonics Podcast. My name is Frazier. And I'm Josh. And, uh... So we are a music podcast, uh, mostly centered around the rock and metal world and community. Uh, we're both from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Josh and I have played music together and kind of reconnected here over the past couple of months. And after not talking to, to each other for a few years and uh, thought about doing a podcast about music, which we both love. Um, this was kind of Josh's brainchild and idea, and I have done a podcast before with some of my crazy frickin' friends, and, uh, so we are gonna facilitate this and see how it goes. So, Josh, do you wanna go first and kinda just introduce yourself, what, uh, your musical background, musical tastes, kinda what you look at the podcast being and where we're gonna go with it, and I'll fill in the blanks kinda where we, where, where they need to be filled. Well, I mean... First time for me, first or second time for you, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and let's see. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, you and I have both been in bands, local and together. Um, yeah. Like you said, I'm more on the metal side. Mine is of the uh, heavier persuasion than you. Pretty mm -hmm. sure I ended up getting you more into your heavier stuff. Absolutely, you did. It's all your fault. Unfortunately. Um, I am a bad influence. The uh, In the best of ways. The best of ways. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is my first podcast. This is your, your part due. Yes. And it's definitely going to be different than uh, recording music together. Yeah, we're actually going to have to, like, talk to each other instead of just tell each other wrong, do it again. Uh, well, no, there'll still be that. There'll still be a lot of that. There's there's no hand signals anymore. No. I can just look you in the face and tell you that I want you to redo it. Right. Um. So, yeah, my background is a little bit different than what you'd expect. Mine is all classic rock and country music. Mm-hmm. All old country, 90s country with my mom, old country music with my grandparents, classic rock with my dad. We, uh, but that's what you grew up listening to. That's not your, like, not your genre to play of choice. That's, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what the future you, has. You prefer to play the heavier stuff, right? I would prefer, right? But we, I, I'd been talking with, uh, actually talking with Race, our old drummer. Before he moved to start doing country music and doing country covers. Right. Which you and I have kind of quickly touched on because I've been doing more country when it comes to my shows. Again, of the uh, bad influence. Right. Yes. <laughs> I remember you put out a poll for your covers and you're like, should I cover this country song or something else? I went on there and I'm like, Long Black Train by Josh Turner. Do it. I've done it. Yeah. Did you know I did that one? I know because I'm the one that told you to do it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a good song. It is. Um. So, yeah. Uh, about middle school, jumped into heavier music. Uh, started hanging out with the the bad kids, 
like Andrew Shore, you'll meet him on here after a while. Got me into heavier music. That was kind of my gateway into it. And now it's, I have all death metal tendencies, metalcore, deathcore, black metal tendencies, suicidal tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, probably my most used genre of choice. The uh, the irony of working in a metal shop is that I get to listen to metal music while I work and bend metal right. for a living. So it actually all kind of worked out. Now, what instruments specifically do you play or I should say, are you proficient at? Because I, I mean, I'm proficient at a few instruments, but I mean, I play a bunch. I'm proficient. Perfect. Oh, my God. Speaking. I'm good at uh, <laughs> not talking. I'm good at my bass guitar because that's what. My role was in our three-piece band. Right. Was uh, unclean vocals and bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And got into that when I was 15. Took lessons. Uh, the guy that actually taught me how to play bass and got me into it actually just lives up the street. Oh, no way. Come to find out. I did not know that. I know. I told my mom. She went to go visit him. He does a lot of drugs now. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I'm on the up and up for being a bass player. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard to distract you with a laser pointer, though. Oh, well, I mean, teach their own. Thank you, Glenn Fricker. <laughs> um, so, yeah. the, uh, the you know, I'm not very proficient in any other instruments. The only other instrument I've actually experimented with is the didgeridoo. But you can play drums okay. Like, when you had to example something on the drums, you could do that. Yeah. It's just more of a... I'm more of a living parrot. Yeah. If I see something, I can mimic it. But bass is what I'm actually proficient at and on clean vocals because that's what I've been doing in multiple bands over the years. Right. Is uh, the the growls and the groans and the low-end rattle. Mm -hmm. Now, do you actually – because I actually don't know the answer to this question. Do you write anything specifically? Or are you more strictly like just the bass player – and screamer or unclean vocals i uh, actually don't know i've known you for years i don't know if you write anything uh not really write anymore um when we did music it was more just kind of going over notes okay. going over lyrics kind of tweaking stuff to make it feel a little bit better right and then tweaking my my lines in the songs to try and make it fit my voice style better mm-hmm. um no not really proficient at writing, I don't think I've ever really sat down and said, like, I'm going to write this song today. Right. It's just more like, I can hear a bass tone in that, and I don't like it, and I want to make it better. Right. I think I should randomly interject here, because we forgot to say this off the top. This is not going to be a typical episode. This is going to be the Get to Know Frazier and Josh episode, and we are going to just kind of go through our history and background for the probably the next hour so that you can get to know us. Um, We're going to be your best friends in your ear holes for the next hour. Right. Um, I am going to go over just really quick. We'll get back to you. I apologize. I figured we should have done this right off the top. I will never forget this. I know. Um, you can't remember what you ate for lunch today. Hey, that was breakfast, and I said that over text in confidence, uh-huh. um, sir. The typical episode will go as follows for those of you that are just getting into us. Um, we'll typically start off with music news, um, any like specifically rock or metal music news, if there is any, and if there's any to report that's actually worth reporting. For instance, I'm not going to go over the tabloid like this person was seen hanging out with Miley Cyrus. Like we don't care. Um, we would. I will actually interject that if uh, Shakira if it comes up on this or oh. Kelly Clarkson, that will be something that we talk about. And 
my dream scenario is that I want a tabloid to say that Ronnie Radke got in a fist fight with Mariah Carey, and I want to know that Mariah, Mariah Carey won that fight. Okay. Very specific. How did you come up with that? Just, don't, answer, don't answer that question. It's a dream of mine. Don't answer that question. Um, so we'll start off with music news, if there's any to report or anything we specifically want to bring in. Um, the reason that we're going to do this isn't because we want to perpetuate all the tabloid BS that's going on, but both of us having been in the music industry want to elaborate to people that might not understand the inner workings as to what we speculate could be going on. And we'll start off by saying we're speculating everything, but if you know, the, a good example would be the latest Motley Crue fiasco that everyone knows about with Mick Mars. Holy moly. We apologize if you're picking up stuff in the background. We are next to a busy road, and we're working on insulating the studio. But for now, just bear with us, please. Don't don't digest, direct yourself away from Mick Mars. Right. Um, but so, like, the whole thing with Mick Mars and Motley Crue would be a good one to go into because there's a whole lot of speculation as to why A is doing B or if Nikki Six is gaslighting, which I'm sure he is, or if, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Right. Um, there's a lot of looking into to do there. The other one I was thinking of is the like the Rammstein one was a big deal. And, of course, within two weeks, the whole thing fell apart, and it turned out that it was a bunch of bogus BS for the most part. I mean, Decapitate had that years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a that, huge deal. That came up, and that was a big, huge thing in the in the metal industry for right. a hot minute. Right. I remember that one happening. And well, it was because they were also accused of, like, really gruesome stuff, yeah. like really messed up stuff. I mean, it, it's metal music. I mean. Right. We started with burning down the churches. Right. And then beyond that, um, so after that, we'll get into the topic for the day, which we'll just announce as the episode comes out. So we'll start with music news, if there's any to report. If there's not, we're just going to jump right into our topic, and it's going to be everything from deep dives on producers or albums or bands or maybe just what we like on gear, what we like to play musically. Yeah, someone. I actually I agree. Ibanez bases are my favorite still. Um, Thank you, Race Fraser, for giving me your five string Ibanez. What? I want. Uh, never mind. We'll talk about that he got, later. He gave it to me when he moved away the first time. We'll fight about it later. Um, you'll lose. I know. Um, basically, we'll we we're gonna cover everything we can musically um, that we like to talk about. Whether you know whether that's music in terms of the bands, the albums, the. Um, the songs, um, everything you can think of music we're going to cover. Again, mostly it'll be in the rock and metal genre. And then at the end of the episode, if we have time or, you know, whatever, if we get to it. It's we're a gonna, slow news day, anything like that. Right. We are going to get to uh, new releases that week. The one upside we have to Spotify and streaming services is that, uh, guess what? you get a pop-up every day of a new release or you get a whole slew. I have my own little thing that says new releases for you. And if anything piques my curiosity, we're going to send it to each other and that's going to be our album or single or artist to listen to for the week. And we're going to report back to you our findings, what we think critiques, not critiques. And you're going to hear it from two different people. It's not going to be a, Hey, we talked about it and this is what we think of the album. Josh is going to give his opinion on it. I'm going to have my opinion on it. And then we're going to go from there and that you let you guys decide. And we'd also like you guys to write into us and let us know what you think of the albums or singles or whatever, the artists that drop these songs. Yeah, feel free to email us at dissonantharmonicspodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to have any questions, any thoughts, any hot takes. Uh, or topic ideas. Please be nice to us. Yeah, this is Josh's first time, so be or, gentle. Or don't be nice. Or no, or don't be nice. Actually, use the spit. 
Use the spit. Uh, use only the back of your hand. And don't talk to me and don't look at me in that tone of voice. Yes. And we will post the link to our social medias and yes. our emails with our episodes and all that stuff. We will have a Facebook page, but that's as far as the social media goes. Josh and I actually don't have social media except for I do and only for um, – we'll get into the reason why later, but it's music-based uh, again. Um, so, Josh, back to you. Uh, bass player, not much of a writer, but you will mimic and play everything. Um, so with that, what past projects have you been affiliated with? What kind of projects were they? Who was involved? Um, the ups, the goods, the bads, the uglies, what happened with all those? <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to probably be mostly like not ugly, but like you think your baby's cute, but everybody else is like, that's a wrinkled up Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. Everybody thinks that. Well, and the funny thing is everyone thinks their band is awesome until 10 years later when you go back and listen to your band, you're like, oh my gosh, we sucked. I mean, I'm sure we could do that with our songs. We oh, absolutely. Go back to those however many years later and be like, man, why did we suck so bad? I released an acoustic EP four years ago. I still hate all my vocals on that so much. I oh, hate man. every single word I sang. Ever since COVID and my reflux got kicked into high gear, like my uncleans sound terrible i have not upkept on those um but few projects in my background i have three past band no four four past bands actually including ours um two of which were with generally the same people maybe it was five fuck how old am i the one that we almost did with in with andrew shore in middle school does not count no because i did music with him after that right but now I'm like, oh, man, I haven't thought about this in 10, 15 years. Oh, man, there was more? Right. Oh, man. Um, so my first, like, official, official band was in, oh, God, I was in high school, and I fought to the death for this one. Uh, buddy of mine was talking about starting up a band named Jared. We started kind of talking back and forth. We found a singer that we really liked, and we formed a metalcore band called love lies and chaos now what kind of metalcore i gotta ask um like modern metalcore or like as uh, dying kill switch engage metalcore uh depends on who you ask well i think modern modern metalcore is like i prevail motionless and white a day to remember the majority of the band was really into attack attack oh no i'm talking og crabcore metalcore <laughs> metalcore everybody uh, had some of us some scene of kid us. scene kid metalcore so like half of us were super into uh uh as dying i was obviously at that point really still into like cannibal corpse suicide silence everything like that i'm like i want a heavy bottom man this is what i want right everybody else is like what if we put a chimey keyboard in there no it's like buddy no, no. Um, so we got writing around a couple songs about couple weeks into it, the singer decided that this wasn't for him anymore. I don't know what happened to him, actually. I kind of regret never following up with him. But uh, all of us, besides the singer, went on to form another band called Poison Prophecy, which was another more metalcore, but more along the lines of, like, uh, more towards, like, Azalea dying. Yeah, the kind traditional of, metal metalcore. Yeah, going back to, like, poison the well hate breed that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. sound i wish we would have kept the name because i will always be brutally honest with you and everybody i hated the second band name what was the first band name 
Love Lies and Chaos. Love Lies and Chaos. We what made a logo like? for it. Like it was so, it was a cool name for a metalcore band. Right. Then the singer was like, well, I don't care if you use the name or not. And my guitar player, Jared, was like, no, we'll go with the new band. Then Poison Prophecy was the one that kicked around. I'm like, I wanted to be called Squiggly Dicks. <laughs> and I never get what I want. Is that where that joke came from? Yes. Okay, I've heard that, that was actually, it was actually, it was a band vote with everybody. And Squiggly Dicks was the first thing that came to mind. I put that on my paper. I put it in there, and literally everybody in the band goes, who the hell put Squiggly Dicks on here? Yeah. It was like, uh, this vote is unanimous, and uh, unanimous, we are Squiggly Dicks? No. So we went without a singer for a while. We just worked on music. We ended up finding a, uh, ended up finding a singer in school. Uh, the Don't band pretty much fell apart after that. We then turned around and went on with uh, – me and the singer went on to form a new band with another guitar player named Austin. I wish I could remember his last name. He was a super cool kid. The funny thing is I bet I know exactly who it is, but I can't think of his last name either from high school. Oh, this I wasn't at high school with you at that time. Oh, okay. This was like my super senior moment. Oh. When I was the super senior playing metal music at high school. Okay, fair enough. Um, Yeah, no, that... The set, the eventually the third band was probably the one that I did the most with. Uh, our singer Devin was really good. Our lead guitar player Austin was really good. Our drummer was a drummer, and <laughs> I don't I don't hate on drummers, but he wasn't a drummer. He had a drum kit. Ah, uh, yeah. so he did what he needed to do. He filled in where he needed to fill in. It worked. Right. Uh Band broke up after that. The guitar player wanted to go in the military. We all kind of moved on with our lives. And then that's where you and I and our other member, Race, I think, kind of started reconvening and started talking about doing music together. And then that's where we brought on Andrew to record. And we're, uh, all the yelling between you and I, I think, oh, yeah. stem from is from that recording session. There's still lots of videos of us on Facebook, on my Facebook. In particular. I still have all the pictures. I can I can uh, actually send them to you and have you load them up. No, I have most of the pictures. It's just the videos like are loaded up into my video library on mm. Facebook. Oh yeah, they're all there. I'll send you the one. It's the one where you're you're after practice. We're finally done. We're done recording. Right. And you threw Race over your shoulder and he got very upset with you because Race yes. is uh, not a midget, but he's not tall. He's five foot five. So, probably a little bit taller than that. He's only like a hair shorter than me. He's not Andrew height. Yeah, so he's five. My problem is I've only dated women that are five foot two. That's not a joke. And so, well, that's not 100% true. But a majority of the women I've dated, I'm not kidding, this are, isn't five a foot, love podcast. are five foot two. So I only have that to gauge on for shortness. So I know they're over five foot two and under six foot. That's you, all I got. You have a fetish. <laughs> Midgets. You have a fetish. You, you, Your girl has to be the height not allowed at the county fair. I've told people that midgets is still on the bucket list. It's not It's not a joke. Oh, no. <laughs> How's your wife feel? Uh, I just call her my midget. It works. You know, if she, like, stands on her knees and puts shoes on her knees, it looks <laughs> like a midget from far away. <laughs> not right. That's I'm so just kidding. Up. Okay. Um. Yeah, so, no. Uh, we did our project together. We did our rock, our rock, our heavier rock music. And, I mean, ever since then, it's just kind of been moving away from making music and just more along for the ride just stemming out with new record new uh releases and telling everybody like oh man you love this one track track 12 off of this album from 2006 right mm-hmm. and that's where uh 
my brain power has gone towards. Okay. So this, you put this one down, and I don't know what it quite means. So maybe you can explain it and then elaborate. Most important musical item? Yeah. So we all have musical mementos. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, thinking about that, um, I have, I wish I had a picture of it, but I have a signed copy of the Black Crown from Suicide Silence with Mitch Locker's signature. Oh, no shit. And the poster with it, too. Right. I didn't get a picture because I had a shitty cell phone back in the day. Right. And I was like, nobody's going to ever believe this is a Mitch Locker, and more or less anybody's going to care. Right. But but now you have people that can authenticate the signature. Yep. So I have the deluxe box set for the Black Crown that I got signed. I got to be pushed first in line. Happiest moment of Little Fitzgerald's life. Right. And, uh, yeah, there's actually a fun there's actually a fun story with that if we want to get into story time. Go ahead, because I think, well, the next thing you put on here in the last one was best concert. So I think that will probably coincide with that anyway. So go ahead. I mean, our best concert is going to be Moses and Wyatt, and just because our picture with our friend over there that looks just as confused as everybody else. Remind me, what what are we talking about? I know we went to the show, but I'm totally we went blanking. to we got the uh, the upgrade to a VIP for Mercy right, and White. right, and 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 Super Helper was just our buddy went up there, confused. Fuck. I texted him. To, I texted him the day after. I'm like, can I make a meme out of you? And he's like, sure, go right ahead. And I just took that picture. We have it, and I don't know if we should bring it up or post can, oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. We can post it. We'll I have like, the meme for it too, and right. it's just he looks so confused. He looks yeah. so out of place. I think he's right. wearing like a star sh- star set shirt. Yeah, and just says, "Wait a minute, this is a Matchbox 20." Yeah, yeah. No, so the, <laughs> the quick story to give detail: we had a friend of ours who kind of palled around with us, and uh, uh, we don't really talk to him much anymore. But he would go to concerts with us all the time, and uh, we I went to Whitechapel with him. Right. And we went to Motionless and White, and it's very obvious that this guy had no idea what the hell was going on. He just wanted to, like, I think you described him once as, he doesn't care. He's like a golden retriever. He doesn't care what he's doing. He's just happy he's here. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just happy to be there. Right. So we bring him to Motionless and White. That For those of you that don't know, they wear corpse paint, and it's kind of Halloween-y. And, in fact, actually, the stage set that night, they had, like, a full Halloween haunted house. uh, Showbox at the Marketplace. The market. And we oh, had, man, we, such a good show. It was. It was amazing. And we had VIP. I ran into Levi Benton there, too. Oh, Sing, really? Singer uh, Miss May I. Oh, no. Ran, well, yeah, yeah, because Miss May I was playing that night. They opened, they opened, and it literally just ran right into me, and I was like, ha! Right? He apologized. He's like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And I was like, <laughs> it's okay, I promise. So we're at VIP, and our buddy wasn't ready for what he was getting himself into. Like, oh, yeah. he was not prepared for the corpse paint and the metal show. And this dude shows up in a puffy vest and <laughs> jeans, like nice kind of somewhat designer jeans. Yeah. And just looks like a normal dude. Like just plain Jane, normal human being. That's the only way I can describe it. The him. heaviest and, song he listens to is Yellow by Coldplay. Right. And he's also just looks like. And so they took this picture with him because we had VIP. And I don't know why he bought VIP not knowing the band. But he's standing there, like, in between Labrador. These... He's just happy to be there. Right. Standing between these five dudes and looks at the camera, and he gives the perfect expression of, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I think even better, it has a slight hint of, please don't let them kidnap me. And literally, he's not even, like, looking at the camera. No, like, he, If he's... you look at him, he's, like, looking away like he doesn't know where to look. And yeah, I and love he... it. It's my favorite picture. But he legitimately looks like, please don't let these creepy dudes kidnap me. Like, that's legitimately Not knowing face. that Chris is, like, the nicest human being on the face of the earth. Yeah, they all are. They were all the coolest. But so anyway, so music item, uh, you did that. But uh, best concert, best concert was that one. 
Um, yes and no. That one was really good. Um, for the record, lineup was Miss May I, um, Amity Affliction, uh, Motionless and White. Uh, the opener was William Control. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and the opener was William Control. I know he was because that's when I heard of him, and I bought the. I have the lanyard still in the house somewhere. Well, and that's where I started buying his submit clothing. Oh yeah, brand, that's and that's right. I have like four or five of his fucking shirts now. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I heard of William Control was because of that. Because he also we were walking into the venue and he rolled up right next to us. Yeah, and he was in his black black massive fucking charger. Yeah, that's right. His blacked out one. Yeah, that was that. That was one of those things. Was like, hey, man, of course he shows up in a blacked out charger. Right, looking um, like William Control. So that honestly is a strong contender. That was a great show. Right. Like, Amity Affliction, like, Joel owned that stage in oh, that yeah. crowd, and that was probably where I started falling in love with Amity Affliction. But Yeah, because I had heard them. We'd talked about them beforehand. I wasn't a big fan of Amity Affliction, not because they were bad, but because some of their... Their earlier stuff is like it's that traditional kind of chimey metalcore well, but in a way. No, the thing that threw me off was some of their... their lyric choices mm-hmm. didn't make sense in weird spots like i expected it to rhyme a certain way or mm-hmm. go a certain way and yeah. it didn't and i messaged you i was like what the hell but then we went and saw him live and i was like nope instant fan sorry <laughs> never apologize never um no actually it was actually my wife that got me into them she found one of their songs and she sent it to me then i she just sent it to me i was like oh yeah i like the songs bought the albums on a whim oh yeah it was uh I think it was, I think the album's let, let the ocean take me. Yeah, I think that's the album that Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, one with, uh, Pittsburgh is the opener. Yeah, um, the long ass intro opener. Oh, the one that our overlords at Spotify will te- will show you that uh, that album is on there. It has Pittsburgh parentheses no intro. Yeah, there's yeah there's a there's a Pittsburgh with the intro and Pittsburgh without the intro. Yes, uh, throws me off every time it pops up in my car. Um, no, that strong contender, but probably. My favorite shows were I don't go to concerts really unless like I really, really want to. Right. Just because I caught COVID at Fit for an Autopsy and it nearly killed me. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. When Race and I went to go see Fit for an Autopsy, it was Fit for an Autopsy, Enterprise Earth, and a few other bands. I forget who. Uh, Yeah. I caught it, raced it and catch it, and damn near killed me. And yeah, I haven't really gone to a whole lot of shows since then. But uh, my favorite, honestly, just because I fangirl for him, is probably Suicide Silence, even though their mic was broken half the time. Ouch. But I remember because it it's not so much the concert. It was at Mayhem Festival. And Ooh. it wasn't so much seeing Suicide Silence, like dream come true, awesome, just everything about that festival when they still did it. Right, and that was with, with Mitch, right? Yes. Okay. I never saw him. I haven't seen him with Eddie. Um, but – was super cool because Trivium played there. At They're playing right next to where we were talking. Mitch and I talked for a few minutes, and Trivium started playing, and he's going like, oh, man, I love Trivium. Like, one of my favorite bands is like, oh, fangirl, me right. too. Um, So uh, In Flames was at that show. I believe that was the one where uh, Motorhead somehow went on before The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. What? Yeah, think about that for a minute. They opened up main stage, Motorhead did, and then Devil Wars Prada went on after them. Mo- well, but it's what Motorhead? Yes. Let me kill Meister Motorhead. Yes. Opened up for Devil Wears Prada. It was one of the few shows where Lemmy actually did not faint on stage. 
what the fuck? I know. Weird, huh? I, very, I, bass backwards. I want to say that I think Slipknot headlight in that show, too. That's like saying that, like, falling in re- like Slipknot opened for falling in reverse. Oh, man. Don't you know that Ozzy Osbourne obviously opens for I Prevail? That's so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, like that. I loved Mayhem Festival when it happened. And the, I thought the May. I thought the Rockstar festivals were the best. Mayhem and uproar were the best festivals ever. Oh yeah, and it's... I don't mean. And I, I mean for those. I, I let me back up. They're the best festival tours ever because mm-hmm. like Sonic, you know, Sonic Temple and Pink Pop and Rock AM Ring. Those don't count because they literally just get every rock and metal band on the planet Blue Ridge. to show up for a weekend or two. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the ones that are on tour. I thought that Mayhem Fest and yeah, the Rockstar Fest festivals were mm-hmm. the best lineups every time. Oh, 100%. And those main stage acts like they go all out like Avenged Sevenfold when they headlined it like Oh yeah, Rob Zombie and Corn I think was the last one I saw and mm-hmm. they were phenomenal. I saw that was the first time I ever saw Slayer. Oh, for the last Mayhem Fest? Mm-hmm. I heard that was the, ironically enough. As ironically, good, it was one of the weakest performances. Right. Well, it was one of the weakest festivals that yes. Rockstar ever put up. And that wasn't, I don't think that was because. I think it's because Slayer had been headline, had headlined a few of them by that point. Well, I heard that it was just because, so like, like Kerry King came out. And of course, Kerry King runs, loves to run his mouth. But he said basically, he's like, it's basically a glorified Slayer show because all the other bands, like, either nobody knew or nobody really cared about. And that wasn't so much Rockstar's fault. I think they just ran out of a talent pool. Yeah. Like, they did such a good job every year. You're going to have one low low year. And it but, could have also been, too, that they weren't getting as many bands that probably were ready to go on some sort of festival show and festival tour. Right. They might have kind of brought it up, like, last second. Right. And been like, well, cool, now we have these three bands that have headlined before. Right. Well, and the biggest problem with that last Mayhem Festival was the amount. It wasn't even the tour. It was the amount of people that bitched about the lineup for that tour. Mm-hmm. Just like fucking Van's Warp Tour, the reason Kevin Lyman shut it down. Sorry, motorcycle going by. Hell yeah. The reason, the reason Kevin Lyman shut down Van's Warp Tour wasn't because the tour was doing badly. It was because so many people just kept bitching and bitching and bitching about the lineup. Oh, he, man, you mean to tell me that Dade remembers at, at Warp Tour again? Right, and, and he just was like, okay, I'm done dealing with you whiny-ass people. That's the only reason that either of those festivals got shut down is because, for some reason, the quote-unquote gatekeepers or the internet, I don't know, just did so much bitching that he, they both both of both the uh, festival runners got tired of dealing with it. They're like, screw it, we're just done. I mean, you you put so much time and effort and money into these kinds of things, and then just right. for the, everybody to be like, I mean, he's made friends with every one of those bands. Oh yeah, any one of those bands would drop everything to go do that show if they and, if they were able to. And same with Kevin Lyman for Vans. Yes. Every band will tell you that Kevin Lyman is the greatest human being on the planet. And there's so many bands that got their upstart, especially with their live shows, from Warp Tour. Thank you, Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Are you thanking Machine Gun Kelly? Well, thanking Kevin Lyman for Machine Gun there Kelly. There you go. Um, yeah, no. So, a backtrack. I digress. Um, that Mayhem Festival with, with Suicide Sounds is probably my all-time favorite show. I went with a... So, who was the headliner just for that one? Cause I'm oh, curious. man. It's been like 15 years. Like, just... I remember like, that it was... Uh, the ones you remember. You don't have to remember every single one. Um, I I think both times I went to Mayhem, both times Slipknot, was the big, big headliner. Um... I believe that one was obviously Trivium, Suicide Silence. I believe All Shall Perish was there, mm-hmm. which is ironic because I, Eddie would go on to front Suicide Silence right. after Mitch died. 
So it's kind of ironic to think back now and be like, oh, man, I saw both of them at the same show. The same show before they were together. Yeah. So weird. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the the roster for that one. I mean, I went to two in a row, and my memory is horrible. I have to write everything down. The nice thing about – the nice thing about the internet now is, like, there was one – uh, Rockstar Uproar Fest. I think it was one of the first ones. I wanted to go see, but I was too young and didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And I heard about it on the radio for weeks, but it was Seven Dust, Puddle of Mud, uh, Drowning Pool. I think that was the year before I went to Right. Uproar. It was like 20... Uh, I want to say 2010 or t- 2009. Because I want to say I went to the 2012 one. Yeah, that's what, it was Shinedown. Yeah. That's the one I went That to. was the one KSW was like, hey, if you... Uh, yeah, bring a free can, free canned food, free grass free seats, tickets. and then you could go upgrade yeah. at the at the venue, and then we got pit tickets for twenty bucks. Yeah. So me and my brother were the first ones in line for that. Oh yeah, at the Ford dealership. <laughs> yeah, me and my little brother were actually supposed to be on BJ Shea, and we technically were, but they cut the first hour of the show because they were having connectivity issues. So like all of a sudden, like they would stop broadcasting over the airwaves, and all they lame. knew it. Like they were they set up the studio. For those of you who don't know, they set up the studio in this. Um, it was the beginnings of Live Day. They set up. Oh, yeah. They set up the BJ Shea morning experience in this parking lot of this Ford dealership, and they did the show from the Ford dealership so that they could interview people and hang out. But me and my little, or me and this other guy went on because we were the first ones in line, and we were talking to BJ Shea, and before I even knew who BJ Shea was. Yeah. And uh, but like randomly, BJ Shea, you could hear it in the headphones. He'd take off his headphones and clap them together, and then put his headphones back on. Mm. And it was like, hey, the signal's out. We can't hear anything. And uh... he wasn't being a dick. But yeah, the, so so we, I went back to go listen to see if I had made it on there. And uh, no dice. And and it said right, and it said on the website the first hour of the BJ Shea morning experience was cut because we the audio basically was garbage. Oh lame. So basically, yeah, we just randomly cut out, and then the la- the last three hours of the show they got it figured out. Mm. So I know that that uproar festival shine down was great because we uh, that was Godsmack. It was Adelita's way stained. Godsmack and Shine Down, and Papa Roach was supposed no yeah. no Godsmack. It was supposed to be Papa Roach. There was no oh, Godsmack because are you sure because we saw Godsmack at that show. Maybe you're right because I know because here's my problem. There was I have seen Shine Down two or three times, not intentionally. I have seen Godsmack two or three times, not intentionally, and I know at least one show they played together, and it was at White River. So maybe you're right. But that was also the year I know for a fact, though, Papa Roach had just dropped the Connection album, mm-hmm. and Papa Roach had to pull off three weeks or four weeks before they got to Seattle because that's when Jacoby had to have vocal surgery because yep. he had nodules that's on right. his throat. Um, so I do. that's the ma- big thing I remember because, again, unfortunately I've seen Godsmack too many times now. And they, I mean, it's the same show. Well, and, and, Let's be honest. Right, it's the well, same show. Well, and no offense to Godsmack, but... It, Godsmack it, is great. It's a, Right. No, well, it's a testament to Godsmack. When they come on, they sound exactly on live like they do on the record. Like yeah, they are. You know what you're getting. You know what you're paying for. They are proficient. If you like their music, you'll love the show. There's an amazing drum solo in the middle. There's a lot of fun little stuff to be had. He jokes with the crowd, but you are there. To... When we when we saw them, he told us our town smelled like cow shit. Right. So, but like Godsmack, you're there to listen to the music. Yeah. And it's like somebody said this before. 
you go to Metallica, go to hear the music. You go to ACDC for the experience. Mm-hmm. Shine Down and Godsmack were that. Godsmack yeah. was for the music. Shine Down was for the pyro and the show oh, and man. having a good time. Shine Downs was so good. Avenged they, Sevenfold's like their pyro set was yeah, it, phenomenal. I've never seen a bad Avenged Sevenfold show. Yeah, I we when we went, it was uh, my buddy Andrew is the one that got me into death metal, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge hater against rock music, that kind of stuff, and even he was impressed by. Just the show. He's like, I don't like yeah. the music, but the show yeah. was worth driving all the way out to see it. Right, exactly. But you're you're still being entertained. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's also uh, I think that opera festival was the uh, one that I saw POD for the first time. It was because mm-hmm. they were playing on the side stage. Yeah. It was the first time I saw POD, and it, it was, was the right first time at- I ever saw a grown man in shorts and long socks. Yeah, and. It- <laughs> They call them cholos. Um, uh, but that was right after uh, Murdered Love came out. Yep. The day they murdered Love or whatever the name. I can't remember the name of the album. I still, remember, I still remember I was mad because they didn't have uh, When Angels and Serpents Dance. Right. Because that whole thing that went down with the guitar player and they like pulled everything. Right. For that album. Yeah. They just recently re-released it. Yeah. Yep. So good. But that guitarist is back in the band. Too. Yeah. That's yeah. why they, it's the only reason why they even let the album come back out. Right. Was because, hey, by the way, I'm back. So let's keep getting record sales off this album. Right. But right. no, the uh, the best shows, honestly, in my opinion, to me, are the festivals. I love being able to go to a festival and just having an all day experience, and I can walk away and then tell anybody like I've seen X amount of bands. Right. I've seen twenty different bands today. Right. And well, and the fun part for me is you get a not critique in terms of beat the band down, but you mm-hmm. get to see your favorite bands and be like, no, dude, you got to go see. You get to share the experience and tell people how cool it was. Yeah. It's not critique in terms of, like, uh, constructive criticism. It's mm-hmm. critique is in, like, yeah, they had this problem or this or whatever, but it's still so much fucking fun. And you're in a sea of 100,000 people that are all there to check shit out, too. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, that was the first time I saw Suicide Silence, but Mitch's microphone was going out, so, I mean. Right. He was, like, high energy in the show, like, commanding that stage and that crowd. But, I mean, he was windmilling that that mic around, slamming it into the ground. I was thinking, like, oh, man, he's pulling, like, an old monkey from corn just breaking his stuff. Right. And I asked him about it after the show, and he's like, oh, yeah, my fucking microphone stopped working. Right. I have to hit it to make it work again. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that's fun. Like, you just root. You just you showed me how the hot dog was made. Now I don't want it anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh. So that, I think, would conclude – uh, that's the basic 101 well there's top top five bands at the moment Ooh, what's yeah, your top me. what's you know you need to ask me what my top favorite bands are okay what are your top five favorite bands i don't have five top favorite bands oh for fuck's sake it's always going to be number one's going to always be cannibal corpse really see i didn't see that coming 100 percent. i mean i know you love cannibal corpse but i didn't my see favorite it being band. number one okay it's i didn't know that always number one i if i can't think of what i'd listen to during the day it's just shuffling cannibal corpse all okay day. between okay. chris and george like it's just okay so you dig both of them I dig both of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris Barnes is a uh, unique fellow. Yeah, obviously. But... It's eccentric is what I call them. Yeah, he's a he's a weird one. Right. Um, if we ever think about it, we can find the uh, – we can post it on our social media. The used car sales ad that he did. I don't I don't know if I want to look into it. It's this. so funny. It's just Chris Barnes, this big-ass dreadlocks, just like, I'm Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse. Starts playing, like, Six Feet Under music because he wasn't Cannibal Corpse at the time. Right. He's like, here, I have a brand new or a brand new to this place, 1999 Acura. Oh, jeez. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be, like, my favorite thing ever now. So Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse, 100%. Uh, said it before, Suicide Silence. Suicide Silence. Is, I, that's what I figured was going to be number one. Uh, no. Three. Uh, 
Until they have a better discography after uh, Mitch, then I'd probably say yes. Right. And I think everybody has that opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah, I saw that coming. Third. Yeah. Uh, again, another band where I'm interested to see where they go with now that Trevor has passed away. R.I.P. Trevor. Right. Um, but their vocalist now is actually the backup vocalist that's been with the band since day one. Okay. So he's taking over, and I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, surprisingly, uh, what am I at? Three? I'm at four. Um, four, honestly, is going to be a little bit of a weird one. Uh, George Strait. See, I did, I did that or I was thinking it was going to be Tom Waits. I like Tom Waits, but I can't do him all the time. Right, yeah. I can, a... I can turn on George Strait country music and i'm totally cool with listening to george Strait all day right um number five you're close in terms of weirdness but primus oh yeah, yeah, yeah. les claypool is one of my favorite people but do you listen to that because now this is a weird question do you listen to that or there's no weird of, questions only weird people is it one of your favorites because you like the music to listen to or because of the natural like because you're in awe of the raw talent that les claypool brings to the universe in general because there are bands i listen to like that where i'm like i phone a friend like it's like it's not my favorite music on the planet to Mm -hmm. listen to but i just love listening to it because of the fact that you're just like this is so much fun to hear the intricacies and the craziness that you can do with music when you think outside the box i think it's a little of both okay honestly like i can listen to les claypool solo stuff as other bands like frog brigade I can listen to that. Totally fine. Okay. Um, just, I have a few bands where, like, this is my palate cleanser. Right. I love to just pop on Primus. Like, when if, if I listen to too much death metal. Okay. Kind of thing. Like, I have those bands that, like, I've been listening to this death metal playlist or this metalcore playlist, like, all week. I'm going to just kind of palate cleanse. I'm going to listen to Jody Messina. I'm going to listen to Les Claypool. I'm going to listen to Johnny Cash for the next three days straight. Right. And I'm not going to apologize to anybody. Cool. All right. So I think that hits all of the basics for Josh and what he's into and what he does. Now now it's my turn to take over. Right. And for the record, this is kind of like what the podcast is going to be like when it comes to the basic conversations, kind of like what we've been doing right now. Although you're getting to know us in particular, this is kind of how the flow of the show is going to go when it comes to when we get into actual topics. So We're going to be your best friends. Yes. We are going to be. We invite you into our studio, which is a, which is not a studio, but no, it's a studio. They should invite us into their homes and into their cars and into their workplaces. Ear holes. Ear holes. Yes. Ear holes. We yes. are going to violate your ear. We holes. are the earworms now. <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, not super rapey, but we'll we'll change subjects now. You were I'm, saying I'm the DM of this campaign now. Oh jeez, I'm still, the DM. And... Honestly, I've watched Vox Machina, and now I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I've never played it before. Um, I so most of my career at work are all D and D fans. Right. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. They told me I was something. They asked me if I could turn into any animal three times a day at any specific times. I said a badger. So they said I was something. That's weird. I don't remember and, what they said. And very random, might I add. Badgers. So, uh, we know your name. Frazier. Yes. Number four. My phone cannot say your name. It can't? No. I love that. I love that, like, phones can't pronounce my name. So, I put yours as Fraser Green IV for right. four. Yeah. So, every time you text me, my phone sends me a notification in my earphones at work and says, Fraser Green IV. Right. 
Every time. It gets oh, everybody else's name right. Right. Well, it's because of the fourth. Just not you. IV, right. Well, and mine, so side note, mine's the original Irish spelling, F-R-A-S-I-E-R, mm -hmm. like the TV show, because my great-grandfather is straight off the boat Irish. So, Fraser Green. So, it's funny the amount of people that don't know that or don't spell it right, especially with the TV show in existence. People are like, how do you spell it with a Z? I'm like, no, that's the French spelling. Fuck off. So, and ironically, then we get Ray Fraser in the band who is the same, right. but with a Z. With a Z, because he's some, somewhere in his lineage there is Canadian or French somewhere. Polish, I believe, as he is. Well, and we all know how well they do. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. Nope. Okay, so, uh, what are your musical projects past or present currently so i actually only really have two um my uh arguably two possibly coming up on three or four right now um so uh my original project was uh angels for allies which was our group our three three-piece band um, which we also had the full logo and full everything done. We had like a World War II helmet that yep. I photoshopped and put like a spray-painted tribal angel wing on. Yep, that's right. So it looked all badass. Um, and we did those three songs in which I was the primary songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, we, I've, I'm the primary songwriter for most of the bands I'm in, and I'll explain why. It's not because I'm a dick. Um, it's because he's a dick. It's because I'm a dick. Um, but that was a lot of fun. We had three songs we did, which unfortunately are lost forever. I was about to ask if we still have those. No, we do not. I, I think and, I have like the raw MP3 of like one of the first songs. Right. And I think you said that Andrew lost his hard drive or something. And, I'd have to contact and, him like, and see. All the music is If gone. we can find it, I'll have him email it. Right. So we have it and it was pretty atrocious. Um, but, but it was we were kids first. in a barn. Oh, not kidding. We actually used to go out in, this is not lying at all. We started practicing in November or October, and we would practice all the way through the winter. And we started learning, and we wrote the three songs. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we recorded in the summer because it was July. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because um, I had to run all the way up to Burlington, which is like an hour north of where we live. Oh, that's right, because your tube tubes, went out. Because two of the power tubes blew in my amp. And they were the only ones that had 5150 power tubes. That's right. I remember that. So I still drive by that place and think to myself, like, man, that sucks. Yeah. And I used to have to drive up there every Monday and Wednesday for school. Oof. Um, so we did that project. That was a lot of fun. It was actually a good learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, especially because getting it, – it was a lot of fun because – and this is why I do most everything solo or have done everything solo or I'm the primary songwriter, I should say, is because I am very – my music that I write is specifically for me and my therapy. Um, I love working with other people and jamming with other people and creating something. And that's when I feel like I'm in a band, but I also have to have my own music that I'm writing for me. Your own times. outlet. Right. And that's always kind of my primary. Um, but I cannot escape how much fun and love goes into a collaborative project. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a lot of fun. And then the second project I did and I'm in, currently because it's my solo project is called the bullet hole concept which is on spotify shameless plug i'll say it slower the bullet hole concept shameless plug shameless plug there's no shame um there's only one acoustic ep out and i have 13 to 14 songs written ready to go in the studio including the six songs i put out the reason I put out those six acoustically is because my buddy, our buddy, Jordan, Jordan Farnham, mm -hmm. went to school to be an audio engineer and actually does it full time as a job. So That's right. he basically charged me bare minimum to 
record and I didn't have enough money to buy a studio drummer, but I play, um, and we'll get into this, but I play all the parts and sing. Mm -hmm. So we were like, well, let's just do an acoustic album with six songs, you know, an acoustic EP, put that out as a tester. And then later we'll get into a full studio. We'll hire a full studio drummer and get the whole works going. Um, so we did that in his house, which was a whole lot of fun. Um, that's been out for a while. Um, like I said, hopefully in the next year, I'll be going back into the studio to do a full album or at least start with three singles and then go from there. Um, since then, um, I just kind of travel under my own name. So the music project has its own name, but when I book myself just cause it's me and an acoustic guitar, I no just, shameless plug, but I've seen him perform live. Yeah. And I, I just book myself under my own name cause there's no point in saying like, Hey, the bullet hole concept's going to be here. And it's one dude with an acoustic guitar. Um, I feel like that can't be like a one man band. You got like the drum on the on drum on your back. Right. You got the kazoo around your neck. I just feel like that's douchey. Yeah. So I play, I've been booked. I mean, I've, I've played, I have a 40 hour a week job. So music's not my full-time job, but I've played every single weekend since April. And it is currently, uh, my last show was on September 9th. And now I'm kind of taking a break. I still have plenty of shows scattered throughout the rest of the year, but that's just, you know, where it's at. So like I said, I, I do have, like Josh and I have been talking about doing music again. We were talking about country because I do, a lot of people actually love it when I play country, which I didn't see coming. And so I've been kind of been asked to. You got the more. baritone voice. Right. And like the, all you got to really do for country is drop it down an octave and there's put a little bit of a twang on it. Right. And then all of a sudden you go down like this. Right. And so a lot of people really love it when I do country and have asked me to continue to do country. So we might do that. I've got another couple of friends of mine that love to play like heavy stuff. Like they... Like one guy I met, my um, his, my name, my buddy Michael. Now, how heavy are we talking? Are we talking like like seven strings? Like I'll show you later, but it's full like Whitechapel, like full blown. He used to have the seven string that the Whitechapel guy has, and all that stuff. Which one? There's three of them. Right. Shut up. <laughs> but, um, I don't know which one, honestly. Um, but so yeah, that's that's it for music projects. But I've been staying on music since I, I mean, since I was born, I've been a musician, um, or a singer. And like I said, the solo project is kind of my main focus right now just because that's all I really do. Well, I mean, that's how you and me met was through, I believe, was through music. Yeah, well, yeah, middle school. Yep. And because of Disturb and you actually – so funny story. I would sit in the back of the bus with Josh. He would have an MP3 player, which I did not have yet. Back when MP3 players were like every brand on the planet and phones couldn't hold music yet except for ringtones. Yep. And he would let me listen to one of his headphones and we would listen to Simple Plan and Disturbed and shit in the back of the bus. Specifically, Land of Confusion on repeat over and over it's again. Damn good cover. It is. It's so good. <laughs> um, so that's it for like my musical projects. But again, my solo project I've been working on and been touring on and playing on since, what year was that? 2016. So seven years. So yeah, because I released the the EP in 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's been a long time just doing that. It's been a minute. Yeah, and then in terms of like, uh, uh, not to steal your thunder, the, the I'll just say the uh, instruments I play, um, guitar and singing are my primary. You can't insult me. I well, I mean, I'm not trying to anyway. Hmm. Um, but I can, play, I can play a mean air guitar. Right. Uh, guitar and vocals are obviously my mains because as a songwriter and acoustic singer, you have to be able to play guitar and sing at the same time. Um, I do play bass, uh, just because guitar bass, if you can do one, if you can do guitar, you pretty much know how to play bass. Um, but that comes with the last one, which my first instrument ever was drums. Mm -hmm. Um, it is also my rustiest instrument just because I've never had a place to put drums and I don't want to blow anybody's eardrums out that I live with. 
um, which is why I changed to guitar when I was 18 years old. But I still play drums all the time, uh, live or with groups. You know, just I can hold a basic beat down. I'm not going to give you any fancy fills, but I can hold a basic beat down. I can do your dynamics. I can build a song. I can take it down, whatever. So, I mean, I play all the instruments required for a rock or metal band, um, which is why, again, I recorded the album by myself. So, anyway, so yeah, there's that. That's just music projects and uh, my background with music. So what you're saying is too goddamn much. Yeah, I do lots. I do everything. <laughs> so we went over instruments played. So I talked about my musical item memento. Um, this one's hard. I will literally beat anybody dead, dead with a shoe for touching it. Right. I, here's the problem. I don't know what, so. You tell me you never spent 350 bucks on something from an artist that you I've didn't spent, really need. Actually, you know what? I could pick one. So here's my problem. There's a chance that I'm set to inherit a 1959 Fender Stratocaster, which if I get that, that will obviously be it. Yeah. But beyond that, I have have stacks of signed CDs Mm -hmm. um, from going to concerts because I've gone to more concerts than anybody can imagine. Um, I have one of Eddie Vedder's picks from when they played last at like uh, the football field. Whatever it was called, Quest Field back then. Oh right, right, right. Um, I have a pick directly from uh, Zach Myers from Shine Down. It because it has um, Heath Ledger's Joker on it. I have oh. a Breaking Benjamin pick. Um, I have, like I said, stacks, stacks and stacks and stacks of signs, signed uh, posters as well. Yeah. Slaves, Motionless in White, Cutlass, uh, Pod. Thousand Foot Crutch, you name it, I've probably got a poster of I've them. got a guitar pick from Exhumed that's still covered in fake blood. Ooh, yeah. so that'd be cool. So, like, I can't, uh, I'm going to be this guy, I honestly can't pick a piece of favorite memorabilia, and that's only because I have so much of it. You I have the collective hole. Right, but I will say this, uh, the only thing I've spent a stupid amount of money on, other than VIP experiences, to get those, you know, oh, and periphery, you know, periphery uh, fucking um, albums signed and stuff, mm-hmm. um, was I got the 20th anniversary box set of Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory. Ooh, so that's a good one. It, and it, here's the kicker. It's still in the fucking box. Like, the shipping box it came in, it's still in that. Because I haven't even taken it out to even look at it. I refuse to unwrap that thing. Um, so that, I mean, yeah. So I couldn't pick one because I have so many. Mm-hmm. And we can go over my collection some other time. But I, I, like, I own, I started collecting CDs when I got my first job at 16 years old. And I would go to Fred Meyer and buy a CD almost every week. And it, or then when Amazon came along, I would buy an album, a stupid amount of music. I stopped, I, would, I stopped buying albums on Amazon because I accidentally drunkenly bought two of Black Dahlia Murder's Ever Black CDs. Oops. And then I sent, I canceled one of them, and then they canceled my debit card. Right. They're like, fraudulent activity. It's right. like, I bought two of the same album. So I would go online all the time and buy out. So I have over 600 CDs mm-hmm. of music. Um yeah, I couldn't pick one just because I also will. F- you'll figure this out. I am very emotionally attached to a lot of stuff. Like I'm very much into the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so so much of that to me has sentimental value that I couldn't pick one. I have CDs that my friends got signed for me and bought for me. Um, I have a like the wax. I don't know what you call, the wax master. Well, you, you've seen it of issues tapping out. Yes. Like the, it, I don't know what it is. It's like the print. Like I could put it. It's, on, a te- it's a test print. It's a test print. So I have the test print of issues and I, which I thought is badass. So yeah, I just have so much shit that I couldn't put a value on. 
Um, I think I have two signed albums, and one is uh, Danny from Upon a Burning Body signed. Um, whichever album the one has uh, Red Razor wrist off of. Uh, we saw uh, them. Uh, oh my gosh, this, that's my favorite album by them. Uh, the World's My Enemy oh, Now. World, thank you. That's because we saw them on the Sumerian tour. Right, with uh, Icy Stars and... Uh, after after the burial, born of Osiris, asking late, asking, asking Alexandria, Alexandria surprise resurgence with Danny and uh, Black Veil Brides. No, Black Veil Brides was the Bad was Omens. Bad Omens. I'm bad sorry. Omens was the first time we ever saw them because I did go see them later. Yeah, I did go see Asking Alexandria with Black Veil Brides. Later yeah, with because uh, they're supposed to be doing they're supposed to be opening the tour with Dennis on vocals and then Dennis left. Right. They didn't say who the new vocalist was going to be. Was Danny. And they brought Danny back right. and everybody lost their minds. Right. 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 So, so that's yeah. So I couldn't pick a uh, piece of memorabilia, but I just have so much shit that we could go over later. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So, what are your top five bands as of right now? Uh, it's always gonna be my go-to is always gonna be Breaking Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Always has been, always will be. Um, every time someone's like, "What's your favorite band?" I'm like, I technically lie and say I don't have one. But if someone was like, "You have to pick one band," it's gonna be Breaking Benjamin every time. You know this up the fucking wall i'm gonna leave you in the woods and i'm gonna leave you with one album and the ability to play it infinitely phobia Phobia. oh yeah it's gonna be fucking phobia Phobia stays in the car no matter what yeah um uh i would yeah so breaking benjamin this is kind of in no particular order because again i'm that guy that like other than breaking benjamin i can't say that i have a specific favorite because they all have such sentimental value um stained the reason I picked Stained is because I know more songs by Aaron Lewis and Stained and can play you more songs by Aaron Lewis and Stained than any other band. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty indicative. Yeah. Um, Motionless and White. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up there um, just because they're my easily my favorite metalcore act. Mm-hmm. Um, hands down. I love the I love the, the gothicness. I love the everything about their band uh their lyrics their screaming everything they're definitely a band that can fit like almost any mood you can pretty much be in any mood and find like one song yeah and especially when i want heavy stuff um the fourth one i'll throw you a weird one is called a band called chase atlantic so they started out as kind of a rock bandish kind of weird thing they're from australia and it's two brothers and their best friend mm-hmm. um they're actually like a totally like dark hip-hop band like you would expect them to be played on not like they're not like bubblegummy like kiss 1061 mm-hmm. but they are like t- top 40 hip-hop but they're like that slightly darker um they have saxophone solos but the guys when you see them live which i have they actually sound like a rock band okay so they they ditch all the electric elements and they only bring out a bass two guitars a drummer and their singer and they do like a full rock act. So you wouldn't know if you saw them live and then saw them on the record and you're a rock person, you would hate them. If you heard them on the record and then saw them live and liked them on the record, you'd probably love their live show, but it's way different um, hmm. because they are legit musicians and they do sing as much like they seriously, if you look at their pictures, you're like, oh, this is a douchey hip hop band or douchey. Like they're all about money and fame and cars and chicks. They're actually not. And you can tell their record company kind of pushed them towards that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's four. If I had to pick a fifth, uh, Alice in Chains. Um, I have an Alice in Chains tattoo. I have the tripod from the self-titled album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. I mean, there again, I could always say Linkin Park. I feel like that's like a given kind of one. Like 
god tier ban or Metallica. Um, Just for record, I don't approve of Metallica. Oh, and the funny thing is you would hate because my favorite album that I ever heard by them was the Black Album. So the first album, first song I ever I have that album on cassette. Oof. Think about that for a minute. Show your age. Yeah, the first first song I ever remember hearing, and my dad contested this. This is Enter Sandman. Sad But True. Oh. So the heavy version, which probably segued me into heavy music, helped segue me. Um, I will stand by the first four albums. Right. And then ever since Justice... Then I switch over to Megadeth. Right. Fair enough. That's fair. Because we had the Black Album on cassette tape. I remember blasting that for weeks on end. Right. And then I asked my dad if I could keep it. My dad's like, I don't even know who that is. Right. And the only reason I don't pick like Linkin Park and Metallica is because it's only like two or three albums of theirs that mm-hmm. I really love. And I love them with all my heart. But Linkin Park, the first two albums were like amazing and then afterwards i so i'm like yeah the other bands i could pick anything off their discography and love it those bands i have an incredibly incredibly strong love for mm-hmm. but only in certain spots if that makes sense so that's why i kind of exclude and i also don't like picking like the ma- like the big mega bands yeah so yeah even though breaking benjamin's one of the big mega bands i mean i can i would agree with that yeah Especially with their resurgence with the new whole lineup. Right. And if it, you know what? I'm going to be a total jackass. If it wasn't for Alice in Chains, and I would pick Nickelback. Again, just for amount of hours listened that I'd spend listening. I am legitimately a full 100% Nickelback fanboy. I'm going to get you a top ramen haircut. Unapologetically. Or a wig. A top ramen wig. Unapologetically a Nickelback fan. You guys will learn this about me. You don't have to apologize. I do not care. I love Nickelback. Always will. Um, but again, based on the amount of time spent listening to albums, I would say Nickelback is the fifth one, not Alice in Chains. Mm. I love I love fucking love Nickelback. I'm sorry. So that's it. Those are my five. There's no guilty pleasures. No, I do not believe in guilty pleasures. If you like it, you love it. That's Just cool. like I can blast Campbell Corpse, I can blast Black Dollar Murder, but then one day I'm going to listen to Captain Beefheart and his magic band. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, my palate cleansers typically are hip-hop. Like, I will go back and listen to Chris Brown or Chase Atlantic or just put on my chill playlist or Machine Gun Kelly, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's my palate cleanser is, like, trashy pop music. It normally is. I mean, I I will 100% stand by, like, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah. I'll listen to Kelly Clarkson. I'll listen to her all day long. I have one. I have Breakaway in my car right now. It's not a bad album. What's the... Behind a Hazel Eyes. Behind These Hazel Eyes. That's a fantastic fucking track. Their song, her song, Gone. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't so give a good. shit who you are. Behind These Hazel Eyes is a fantastic track. I still remember that I listened to, I was listening to Guns N' Roses at the time and driving around with my mom's cousin, so my second cousin, and we started blasting uh, Breakaway. Right. I started singing it. My cousin, my mom's cousin, my second cousin was very unsettled the fact that we were just shrieking Guns N' Roses and I could belt that out because I would listen to the radio all night. Right. And coming with listening to the radio all night comes with the fact that you hear all the same songs over and over again. Right. So then it, the lyrics stick and it's like, I don't even like the song, but I know all the words to it. Right. 100%. Right. So. Cool. Uh, do we have anything else to hit real quick? What's your top three most hated bands in my genre? In your genre? Yeah, I've said I've I've had you hear some stuff, and and hear some things. I guess I guess is, that's that's an unfair question. You're not gonna know who most of those bands are. No, no, no. The problem is I don't hate anything you send me. Like I don't. So I can send you uh, Chainsaw Gut Guts Fuck from Mayhem, and you will at least jam it. Here's my problem, right? 
I don't hate bands that at least have talent and play. Most of the bands that I absolutely despise are ones that I know for a fact use auto-tune or don't play their instruments and all that because for me, music is about the art. And so it's not about like, I'm not going to listen to a lot of the shit you send me, but I'm not going to actively hate it. Whereas mm. I actively hate a lot of the, like, there's some stuff I, I hate for absolutely no reason that I don't understand. And then there's some stuff like Katy Perry. I absolutely despise that woman because she doesn't sing live. She sucks singing live. In fact, she used to sing with P.O.D. If yeah, li- background if, vocalist. If you ever listen to a song called Goodbye For Now, her na- her stage name was Katie Hudson. That's right. Or Houston. Katie Hus- Hudson or Houston? Look Something that like up. That. Somebody fact check me. And she was Email on, us. We'll read it. And she was on the background vocals for the song, their big single, Goodbye For Now. Mm-hmm. So they had her come on David Letterman. This video's on YouTube. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, towards the end of the song, where she's supposed to come in, she starts singing. She cannot hit a fucking note to save her <laughs> ass, even on national television oh, with no. P.O.D. And I am losing my mind. And I have showed every Katy Perry fan, and I'm sorry, lesbians, I know she's your hero, but I have showed every Katy Perry fan this video. Go look up P.O.D. Goodbye for Now, live on Letterman or live on Late Night, whatever one. It's I think it's Letterman, if not. Look up Letterman or look up who, what show Letterman was on. Right, and she comes on towards the end of the song. It's about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way through. And she butchers her entire part. And she's supposed to have this big, angelic, pretty, really uh, atmospheric, emotional part. And she fucking butchers it and i can i can chalk it up to like hey you had a bad night but i know for a fact she can't sing i know for a fact she cannot sing she is a great pair of tits that is supposed to walk around and be pretty and that's why they brought her in can i take back one of my favorite concerts actually um believe or not uh i believe in high school we went to go see kesha with lmfao really and kesha i will say surprisingly good live oh i figured she would be her voice is higher pitched though higher pitched on the record yes no way higher pitch but she she belts out those lines huh not like Katy perry huh yeah that that's shocking so think about that yeah no i i, I didn't i mean i the th- singer that looks like the last five seconds of prom with jack daniels sings better than Katy perry oh well, i still thought that i mean i figured kesha would be good um like Halsey, like Halsey's one of those ones that everyone's like, "Oh, she sucks." It's all auto tune, oh, and then dude, you hear, Halsey's so good. But then you hear her live, and you're like, "No, shut up, she's good. Yeah. She can do it." It's like the I the want lady. Halsey to be in like a pop punk band, like Paramore. You mean like Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> no, Machine Gun Kelly got kicked out of his own genre. Yeah, he did. And then went into do a new genre, got kicked out of that genre. And now he has to go back to rap. Yeah, now he has to go back to rap. Okay, I think we got one more question, and then we'll start wrapping this up. All right. For me, I'm just giving you the opportunity to, to interview me, envy me, love me. Please hold. That was it. Nuh-uh. Yeah, it was. Best concert. You already said Motionless and White. No, that wasn't <laughs> my best concert. No, I, well, and again, I'm going to be a douche. Uh, I can't pick a best concert. Douche again. away. Again, they're all pretty memorable, but my favorite was probably up, Rockstar Uproar 2012, which was... Shine down, 
um, Godsmack was supposed to be Papa Roach, Adelita Sway, and Stained. Yeah. And the one, a couple of the reasons why is that was the first year me and my brother used to have a yearly. We didn't go together, but we were at no. the same show. Yeah. So the reason why is because I went with my little brother, mm-hmm. and we started a tradition that year that we would go to one concert, one big festival or show a year. And it didn't matter if we had to travel, didn't matter what. So we would pick one and go. It was just like a year ahead of time we would pick one. Gotcha. And that was our first time doing that. And we got to meet Thousand Foot Crutch. We met Adelita's Way because Ooh. they were doing VIP experiences. The only downside is you had to leave during Stained. Um, so you had to leave during Stained. I mean, you mostly just missed Aaron Lewis getting very, very grumpy at the crowd because somebody had a laser pointer. Oh, no, I saw that part. I got to see that <laughs> part. So that's the thing. We got to see the first, like, three or four songs. Okay. Then we had to leave. Then we came back for Outside, and that was the show. So I um, had the same thing when I was getting my stuff signed by Suicide Silence. Right. That was I got pulled away from seeing In Flames. I didn't get to watch In Flames. I got to listen to him and right. watch my buddy who was six foot five, three hundred pounds in a lime green hoodie, crowd surf, mm-hmm. and then proceed to get dropped twice. Right. So I can see that. You know where all the side bands were from uh, that White River show? Yes. All the two side stages. Mm-hmm. So by the time we when we go, went to go meet Adelita's Way. That's where you went to go meet them because they had okay. all the stages torn down and everything. Yeah. And the, the main stage was the only thing going. And obviously, Same thing for Mayhem Fest, too. Right. So we went over and met Adelita Sway, and my brother had Ricky De, De Jesus sign his ass. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My brother goes, I'm not, I don't know what prompted this. My little brother looks at him dead in the face and goes, I'll sign anything if you give it to me. No, he goes, Will you sign my ass? And Ricky just looks at him and goes, Dude, whip it out. Let's go. <laughs> so awesome. Like, it was so funny. And so, yeah, so we got to meet them. But it was a great show, you know, and we, we had an amazing They time. did. They put on a really good set. They did. So everybody did, too. Arguably, I'd say that they should have been swapped for Godsmack. At Elitist Way? Oh, yeah. Their their live show, like, with their confetti at the end, like, yeah. that was top tier for me. I feel bad because the only thing that you could tell Ricky does that uh, isn't great for their live performances is he uses so much air for his voice because mm-hmm. it's so powerful. You can tell that he runs out of air. Gets like winded halfway through. Yeah, but it's not that he can't sing. It's that the dude is just pushing so hard. Right. So, but yeah, that was probably my favorite just because it began a tradition and all sorts of stuff. And it was a great fucking show. Mm-hmm. It was a great, I mean, POD, that's where we met our buddies, Mindset Evolution from Peoria, Illinois. Um, we met friends of ours, so they aren't friend, like friends, friends, but they ended up getting us free tickets to the next uproar fest because we got so tight with them. Um, yeah, so it was a great experience. Very nice. Right. So I think with that, we will wrap up this episode. This is kind of just how the format's going to be. They're going to be about an hour long. Obviously we're a little over, but that's okay. Um, and this is uh, kind of an introduction to Josh and I next week. We will kind of kick off the actual the actual format of what we're going to yeah, be doing we're going to if there's any music news we'll let you know we'll start with that and then we will go into our topic which next week we will pick and let you know and then we will uh yeah then we'll go into any we'll actually each pick an album or a band to listen to and review next week and then we will get into it so uh dissonance podcast i'm fraser i'm josh and uh thanks for listening guys take it easy <laughs>